and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. I'm really excited to preach, especially in our year of restoration. Who has been absolutely loving the banner of the year of restoration that our church has been coming under, that we've been experiencing? And there's no doubt about it. There are already testimonies after testimonies after testimonies of transformation that is happening in people's lives. And so I just think that this is an exciting time to be at Horizon Church, a part of Horizon Church. So we're going to start in our Restoration Scripture tonight. The Scripture we've all been reading, which is John 11. So this is our Restoration passage for Horizon Church. Now it's a big lot of Scripture, so I'm going to explain it to you instead, okay? Instead of reading it all out, I'll describe it. We got Jesus, we got the big J-man. He's hanging with his homies, his hombres. He's maybe, you know them as his disciples. He's hanging with his disciples. He's ministering, teaching, doing his thing like only Jesus can do. And as he is, along comes someone and sent word that two women, Martha and Mary, that their brother Lazarus is sick. The second Jesus hears this news, Lazarus is sick, It says, the second Jesus heard, he said, this sickness will not end in death. He says it, he declares it. He says, we will go and see Lazarus. His disciples, the homies, the hombres, they go, Jesus, you know, it's a bit dangerous. I don't think we should go. He goes, y'all have no idea what you're talking about. Trust me, believe in me, we're going. They go to where Mary and Martha are. When Jesus gets there, Martha comes running out, the sister of Lazarus. And she says, Jesus, if you had have been here, my brother Lazarus wouldn't have died. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe me? Martha says, yeah, okay, I guess. Then Mary, hearing that Jesus was there, she comes running out. And she falls at the feet of Jesus. And she says, Jesus, if you had have been here, My brother Lazarus wouldn't be dead. He says, Mary, your brother's gonna rise. Show me where he is. So Mary and Martha walk Jesus on over to their dead brother's tomb. Jesus gets there and he says, roll the tomb, roll the stone away of the tomb. Martha goes, bro, no, are you serious? He's been in there four days, dead in there. Four days, we're not rolling back that stone. He stinks. Jesus says, roll it away. They roll the stone away and Jesus says, come out, Lazarus. Lazarus comes on out. That dead brother is alive. Come on, somebody. Jesus looks at him, says, take off those grave clothes, you smelly, smelly boy. He takes them off and Lazarus lives. I love this story. And it is so easy in this story to naturally gravitate to this big, amazing moment of restoration. That bro was dead. He wasn't faking. This was no game of sleeping soldiers. He was dead. That tomb was sealed. Jesus comes, roll the stone away. He declares, live. Lazarus comes on out. That is a moment of restoration. And as we read it, we gravitate towards it. 
We say, yes, Jesus, death to life, my moment of, my moment of restoration and resurrection. This is our restoration cards, by the way, where we put our five things we're believing for that God's gonna restore this year. And He will, and He does. But in this story, I don't just see one big moment of restoration. I actually see a process of restoration. There is a big moment. There is a death to life. Don't you worry, church. There is a death to life. But there's more. There's more. And the reason, see, Jesus says, this will not end in death, but then there's death. And He actually says to His disciples, He actually says to them, it is good for your sake that I wasn't there when Lazarus died because you need to actually believe He restored the disciples' faith on the way. He actually says to Martha, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? She says, yes, He restored Martha's faith on the way. He's gonna do it, church, don't you worry. He's, we are gonna see death to life in the areas that we're believing for. But you gotta know there's a process and there's a lot more that He wants to do because we've got an Ephesians 3.20 God and He's not done it this. He's got a lot more than you could even imagine or know or seek or want. He has more for us. And yet there's this natural thing in us that when it comes to a process, we shut down, we shy away and we back out. And it makes sense. We've just had two years where deterrence, discouragements, setbacks have been our normal. Not only our normal, but psychologically they've represented to us catastrophe. They've actually been byproducts of a pandemic. So it makes sense why we would shy away and say, God, if I don't have it yet two months in, am I ever going to? It makes sense why we say, God, I should have it already. Why aren't I there yet? But God has more. God is the God of restoration. And it is time, church, that we don't shy away. We don't run away. We don't shut down. But it's time to yield to the process of restoration. It is time for us to yield to the process of restoration. It is time for you and I tonight to yield to the process of restoration. I don't know if you know this, um, you probably do because I live my life very dramatically and loudly, but recently I put out my back. So I know what you're thinking, Liz, sis, you're so young. I know, but I don't know, something just happened. And one morning, we'd just done seven days of isolation, my hubby and I. He had corona. I didn't get it the whole time, still haven't. Corona-free, since 93. Um, so we'd just done seven days of isolation. On Freedom Day, we wake up. Yeah, I was excited, too jai. I woke up, 8 a.m. We were gonna go to the cafe. We had our Bible and journal and quiet time ready. I was ready to, you know, see the world. I wake up and I had this weird pain right here. And I've had like, you know, a bit of back pain before. This was different. It wasn't like a, ow, it was like a, like I need some WD-40. You know, that was the feeling. And I wake up and I say to Jackson, I make the bed and I say to Jackson, I've just got this weird like pain, stiffness. 
He's like, Liz, 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 shh, 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 shh. Quiet your fears, honey. Uh, it's a bit of what we call sleep stiffness. Just stretch it out. I was like, okay. So I lift my hands above my head and I yank my left arm this way and I drop to the floor. And I am screaming and I, I love my husband, he was amazing. I was screaming and I was crying and I cry a lot, I'm an emotional sis, but I don't ever really cry at pain. And I was wailing. And Jackson was like, what do I do? What do I do? Do I call an ambulance? I was like, don't ask me. He's like, what do I do? What do I do? So he pulls the car around. He pulls the car up to the thing. Now he has to pick my outfit for the day because I'm in no state to. So on an already painful and confusing day, I'm now wearing a dress and bike shorts. (laughs) And I half hobble, half crawl from the like 15 steps it takes from our front door to the car. I am looking like something you ain't ever seen in your life, church. And I make my way to the car. Then he drives us to the doctor because we thought you should go to the doctor first because you don't know what it is, right? And we tried a little home remedy, didn't work. So we drive to the doctor and I literally dress in bike shorts, dress weirdly tucked into my bike shorts and I'm, ow, 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 ow. And the whole place goes quiet. It was the most, I mean, I didn't really have room for embarrassment, Jackson did. (laughs) He had cap down, mask on, you know, like real tight. Like I was like hobbling and the whole place, it was like in a movie and the ladies at the reception were like, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And they all just go quiet as this woman. And I've got like teardrops, the size of baseballs falling down. So I'm like stepping into my own like water pools as I'm like, hobbling because I can barely walk and I'm like dragging my legs and I'm doing this. I get into the doctor. He says, okay, I've ruled out this. I've ruled out this. I've ruled out this. He puts me on endone and says, I need a rest. So I go, this is this, a girl who like barely had Panadol growing up. So I went home. I couldn't, there was one position I could lie on. I couldn't go on my back or the other side. There was one position. Every morning, Jackson would bring in a stool to like right where my head was at the bed and he would have like water, he would have like a little bit of breakfast, something that I could have for lunch that's non-perishable and like, you know, then he'd be home for dinner. And I would just, what a husband, let's give him a hand, what a honey. (laughs) Marry a man who doesn't give you stretching advice but does give you beautiful meals. And so I would lie there just eating, you know, every day and I was so sad and couldn't move and I just wanted to be back at work seeing people. Remember, I just had seven days of isolation and I just laid there on endone, so sad and obviously resting and trying to minimise my water and food intake so I didn't have to excruciatingly get up to wee, like, you know, I tried at least just once a day. And so I'm just sitting there sad, hungry, malnourished, very dehydrated and just very, very sad. I couldn't read, I couldn't watch something, like I literally just laid there. Thank you. I feel like you just got it, yes, oh. And so, people start messaging me, my mum, my mother-in-law, shout out for the mums and mothers-in-law, aren't they the best? And friends, and they're like, Lisa, you need to go see a physio. Please raise your hand if you're in the building and you're a physio. I know we've got a few in our young adult and young professional, yes, 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 okay. Can we please give all the physios a hand right now? Y'all 
are my people. You're God's chosen people. Physios are the heroes because I went to my physio. He was like, yes, you need a rest, but you need to mix in some exercise. This is what you need to do. I started doing them. And I said, how long until I get better? And he says, some, his fault, honestly. He said, some people a few days, some people a few weeks, some people a few months. What I heard was only a few days. So I start doing these exercises and resting. And on the way, you know, like I had my day where I had my first swim in the ocean because I could do that now. I had my first day where I made my own meal because I could get up. I had all these little wins, but I was so devastated that I wasn't there yet. I was so bummed that I wasn't at the complete full healing that I did not enjoy a whole nother week of my life. And there were all these amazing moments of breakthrough, moments of healing. I could feel it starting to heal. But I did not have any enjoyment in any of it because I was just so focused on where I wasn't. And my back got there in the end. And then the moment that I was living in complete and full healing, I was bummed that I robbed myself of moments of joy. When we yield to the process of restoration, we realise restoration is daily. We realise restoration is daily. God just doesn't want to restore the things you've written here. He wants to restore your daily quiet time. He wants to restore your joy. He wants to restore your peace. He wants to restore your sleep. He wants to restore your faith. He wants to restore your motivation to study. He wants to restore so many more things than just what you've written. His restoration is daily. His mercies are new every day. And yet we get to this place where we're so focused on where we're not yet that we think God won't do it for me. He doesn't have it in store for me. But actually He's saying, no, no, no. My restoration is daily. What stops us from enjoying and appreciating and recognising this? Mary shows us. Verse 32. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw Him, she fell at His feet and said, Lord, if You had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if You had been here, my brother would not have died. God operates from eternal power. Sometimes we respond from an earthly timeline. God operates from eternal power. When the presence of Jesus, when Jesus shows up, Whatever needs to be done, will be done. Whatever needed to be done or needs to be done in the future, it's gonna get done because Jesus is there. And yet we respond with, no, no, no. Well, if you were gonna do it, you would have done it like this. If you were gonna do it, you should have done it like this. I should already be here by now. I should already look like this by now. I should already have it figured out like this by now. And we respond from an earthly timeline. And we love our timelines because they give us the sense of momentum, a measure of success. And yet timelines are one of the biggest tools for comparison and one of the biggest contributors to joy being robbed. You want to have a genuine sense of momentum, then you need to stop and recognise what God is doing in your life right now. You want a genuine sense of what's to come, where you're going, where you've been, what's happened, your testimony. You stop and you ask Jesus to show you how He's working in your life right now. 
We are not gonna be a church that base our worth, success, who we are or where we're going off an earthly timeline. No, we are a church who knows what it is to let Jesus work, see daily restoration and be able to see where He is in our everyday life. Restoration in Jesus is daily. We just have to become aware of what He's doing. Number two, when we yield to the process of restoration, the restorer becomes more important than the restoration. The restorer becomes more important than the restoration. The restoration process and yielding to the process is so important because throughout it, He reveals His nature as the restorer. All throughout this passage, yes, I see this moment of goodness and glory and His power where God asks, tells Lazarus to come out and he, come, he restores him from death to life. But what else I see in this passage is that He's such a good God that He went to where Mary and Martha were. He met them where they were. What I see in this passage is that even though he knew the ending was life, he still stopped and wept with the sisters. What I see in this passage is that our Jesus is a comforter. What I see in this passage is that Jesus is a restorer. We cannot rely for the rest of our lives from just going from one moment of restoration to the next moment of restoration to the next moment of restoration to the next moment of restoration to, oh my gosh, when was the last time I had a moment of restoration? God, are you there? Okay, moment of restoration. The power of restoration in our life is that it reveals who our restorer is. And when we realise that we're walking life with a restorer, our life changes. We're transformed. And we become people who don't need to, like the world, wait on the next big thing. Wait on the big shiny thing. We've just seen that doesn't work out. But when you know your restorer, when you know His nature, see, yielding to the restoration process, it actually requires surrender. But it's hard to surrender when you don't know the nature of your restorer. If I take my car to the mechanic, but I keep the broken pieces to myself, the mechanic can't fix it. To Jesus, we need to be in a place where we know what it is to surrender our brokenness, trust Him again. Say, all right, God, I'm going again. All right, God, this year is gonna be different. All right, God, I trust You with my heart. I trust You with my soul. I trust You with my dreams. I trust You with my family. I trust You with my timeline. But we can't do that unless we know His heart. We actually can't do that. We can't live that way unless we know the heart of our Jesus. We can only surrender when we know His heart for us. We can't lay down our life for someone we don't know. We have to know the nature of our restorer. In verse four, it says, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's Son may be glorified through it. 
everything in our lives, every restoration God brings, the daily ones, the big ones. It's so that we can see who our God is. It's so that we can see that we can trust Him. It's so that we can see that He loves us, knows us. God is a restorer. And the greatest way that this is shown in Scripture, the way that the nature of our Jesus is revealed is when God sent His Son, Jesus. He sent Him as a man into the world to die a brutal death on the cross so that we don't have to live in death. We don't have to live in sin. We don't have to live in who the world says we are, but we can actually accept Jesus into our life. And in that moment, He's such a good God that when Jesus died on the cross, He said, you'll never have to live with the weight of your own sin again. And I will never let anything get in the way of you getting to me. But some of us, so Lazarus, Jesus restoring Lazarus from death to life is a picture of what Jesus has already done for us on the cross. But some of us are living in a place where tonight you can feel God saying, Lazarus, come out. My son, my daughter, come home. And we're saying, we're calling back saying, no, I deserve death. No, no, I'm gonna stay here in the smell, in the stench, in my grave clothes. That Jesus, that call, that's not for me. So I'm gonna stay here. And Jesus is saying, Lazarus, come out. It's not on you. Your restoration isn't dependent on you. Your death to life isn't dependent on your strength or your worth or who you are. No, it's simply dependent on our God. And Scripture says He's already done it. And so tonight, for some of us here, and we've been saying, I'm gonna stay here. For some of us, I feel like we've been thinking, I'm not the God person. I could never be the God person because of what I've done, who I've been. Tonight, God's saying, come home, come out. It's time to come home to your Jesus. It's time to let Him take you from death to life. It's time to let Him do what only He can do and restore you. It's time to live in life. It's time to live in freedom. It's time to live in relationship with a Jesus who loves you so much. He said, oh, I won't let anything get in the way. What I want us to do right now is I want us to close our eyes and bow our heads. We're doing this because in this moment, there needs to be privacy. You need to feel safe, not like people are watching. Because this is a moment where you're learning to surrender, to say, Jesus, I've been living in that death. There's a smell about it. But tonight I'm letting you restore me. Tonight, I'm saying yes, because that's all it is. It's you in your heart saying, yes, Jesus. I'm gonna let you in. I'm gonna believe in you. Yes. And every time I've been praying over this Word, 
the phrase that keeps going around in my head is, it's time to come home. It's time to come home. Tonight's the night. It's time to come home to your Jesus, your restorer. So if that's you here tonight, this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna say a prayer and everyone here is gonna repeat it after me. But you're praying it straight from your heart to God. And in this moment, when you say this prayer, this is the death to life. This is you saying yes to Jesus, yes to His life, yes to restoration. Everyone else is gonna be saying it in the room so that you know you have family, but you're saying it to your Jesus. Would you repeat after me, dear God, thank You for sending Jesus to give me life so that I don't have to live in death anymore. Right now, I say yes to You. Yes to Your forgiveness. Yes to Your restoration. I leave the death behind and I walk into Your life. I can't wait to get to know You more. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Now with everyone's eyes staying shut and their heads staying bowed, if that was you tonight and you said that prayer, myself and one or two other leaders are looking around, everyone else has their eyes shut and their heads bowed. But if tonight you said that prayer and it's you coming home, or for some people I feel like it's been so long, you almost even felt like I couldn't even walk into church tonight because of what I've been, how I've been living. And tonight you're coming back to Jesus. You're saying, yes, God, restore me. Or you're saying it for the first time. If that's you and you prayed that prayer, I'd like you to lift your hands so that I can see I'm not gonna call you out. I'm not gonna single you out. I just wanna know who you are. Amazing decision up here. There's a lot more of you. Put your hand up right now if that's you. Incredible decision. It's time to come home. Incredible decision, yes. It's time to come home. Put your hand up for restoration tonight. If you prayed that prayer, incredible decision. Amazing decision over here, yes. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. Anyone else? Lord God, I thank You for Your goodness. I thank You for these five people tonight, Lord God, who made a decision to say yes to You, to let Your restoration come, to let Your goodness come. I thank You, Lord God, from this moment forward, Lord God, they're not living in death, but they're living in Your life, Jesus, that they are home with their Heavenly Father. I thank You, Jesus, that as they walk out their life with their restorer, they're gonna know Your goodness, Your peace, Your joy, the power that comes with Your Name. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Can we give everyone who made a decision a hand? We think that's the best decision you could have ever made, ever. Yeah, let's celebrate, it's awesome, five people. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.